Welcome to the Your Confident Self Podcast with Allegra Sinclair. Get ready to punch fear in the throat and gain confidence like never before. I help corporate women get the confidence to ask for the job they want and do the work they love. Isn't it time you got unstuck and showed the world how fabulous you are? Hey, this is Allegra. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Many women struggle with what other people think of them. This misplaced focus is very common, even though you know how dangerous it can be to base your self-esteem on the way someone else chooses to treat you. However, this danger is magnified when abuse comes from the closest possible person, yourself. You need to know how to get out of an abusive relationship with yourself. This is definitely a big girl panties episode of the show, as we take a deep look at whether we have created an abusive relationship that we need to address. So what does an abusive relationship with yourself look like? All abuse takes a severe toll on your self-esteem. The public tends to focus on physical abuse, but there are many different kinds of abuse, and emotional abuse is positively soul-sucking. According to PsychCentral.com, someone in an abusive relationship starts feeling helpless and possibly even hopeless. When you're in an abusive relationship with yourself, you put yourself down constantly. You're super critical of everything you do. You allow others to ignore your personal boundaries. You ignore your own health and well-being. You constantly engage in negative self-talk. You ignore your strengths and focus instead on your perceived weaknesses. You wallow in guilt for things that you've done in the past. You blame yourself for everything and apologize to everyone constantly. And you isolate yourself from your family and friends. The striking thing about this list for me is that many of the behaviors noted above are classic behaviors that we associate with others who abuse us. So it's really daunting to think we would treat ourselves equally poorly. Why are we so hard on ourselves? Well, we live in a negative world. Turn on the news any night and you'll see never-ending stories of murder and other tragedies. And don't think you can escape by jumping onto social media because there's plenty of negativity to go around on social too. Some years ago, a TV station tried to broadcast only good news. But guess what happened? The show flopped because people were conditioned and expected the news to be bad so they didn't watch the good news. This negativity plays a big part in why we're hard on ourselves. We're constantly exposed to negative stories, and they train us to think with a negative view. Even when we're children, our parents teach us to be cautious. We have all heard of stranger danger. We internalize these messages of caution from our parents as the message that we shouldn't trust anyone. We have an immediate negative bias whenever we meet someone new. We can also be hard on ourselves because we fear what will happen if we aren't. Wait, what? (laughs) If we get our hopes up too high, we think we'll be shattered when we're wrong. So if we think negatively in the beginning and think we won't be able to get something done, then it's almost a positive to us when we're proven right. I bet you do things at work right now because you know if you don't, your boss will likely come down hard on you. And nobody wants that. 
These fears are very strong and are central to how many of us relate to the world and ourselves. If you've been conditioned to be hard on the world, it's logical that you'll be hard on yourself. This is where the abusive relationship with yourself is formed. Can you stop the pain? Is there a way to reverse this process and stop being so hard on yourself? Well, of course there is. It's not easy, but it's also not impossible. It is going to require a shift in your thought process. Anytime you feel a negative thought forming, you have to intentionally change it into something positive. If you've been abusing yourself for a long time, you probably don't feel very good about yourself right now. In fact, your self-esteem and confidence are probably pretty raggedy, and you believe you're responsible for other people's actions and mistakes. You have learned how to be your own worst enemy, and your inner critic is having a field day right now, telling you how awful you are. By the way, she's lying. Your inner voice, who tells you how awful you are? Yeah, she's lying. The first thing we want to do is take control of your inner voice. Your inner voice guides you in your journey through life. She tells you when to eat and when to go to work. She also tells you what to think about the people you meet and so on. But often she takes a negative stance. That inner voice tells you that the world is not safe and that you should criticize everything you encounter. It warns you to watch out because trouble is right around the corner. Even though your inner voice has a tendency to be negative, this voice isn't all bad. It can be helpful. Like when she tells you to stop texting while walking and look both ways before crossing the street. But when this voice starts to get overly negative, it may be time for you to take control and redirect the tone of the conversation. You have allowed this negative voice to carry on unchecked for many years, which means now you accept whatever she's saying even when the messages are overwhelmingly negative and hurtful. But there's good news. Your inner voice can be retrained. The older you are, the more training it may need, but it's possible. And it can practically eliminate the negative thoughts that this voice keeps generating for us. You can't blame your inner voice too much for its generally negative attitude. After all, she's looking out for your well-being. She's using what she's learned over the years as the basis for her position. Let's face it, some of your experiences haven't been as rosy as you would have liked. Bad experiences provide another negative belief for your inner voice to use whenever she sees the need. Now, if you force your inner voice to completely change how it works, her first reaction will be resistance. You've trained your mind well, and it will do its best to keep protecting you. This is to be expected, as it has years of experience under its belt. It's also the reason why most people give up too easily on making a change. Your inner voice is strong, and it will keep trying to revert to negative thoughts. And the more changes you try to make, the more resistance you'll likely face. Be aware of this, so your inner voice doesn't keep you locked in an abusive relationship with yourself. The inner voice will tell you that you need to be hard on yourself to up your game and that you constantly need to do better. Part of that message is good. We all want to strive to be better in life, to be our best self. But when those messages start to overshadow the belief that you are a good person inside, it's time for you to call a timeout and take control of that voice. Because at the end of the day, you are in charge. I did an experiment last month. 
and I claimed a no-complaining zone. I'd been thinking a lot about the power of negative thoughts, because usually I think a lot about the power of positive thoughts. But when I started to look at negative thoughts, I realized I might not say them out loud because I know better, but I think negative thoughts or I think complaining thoughts a lot. It's a conversation I had with myself. I wasn't beating myself up, but I just started to kind of keep track in my head every time I had a negative thought. And there were a lot of them. At first, I said I was going to write them down, but that hurt my feelings, seeing all those little slash marks for every time I had a negative thought. I declared last month was a complaint-free zone, and something magical happened. In the first three days, my inner voice and I were at war because she was doing what she had been doing, keeping me safe and warning me about things. But as I decided that I could not complain, I could not think complaining thoughts, and I wouldn't allow people to complain to me, she had to shift. And I felt an almost physical shift on like day six when I would catch the thought before it would fully form in my head. And it was magical. Now, what was really interesting was around day 16, it really started to bother me some of the things that I used to love. There's a particular TV show that my friend and I love. It is four women who go to each other's weddings and then they judge them. Uh Uh-huh, I said judge. It can be catty and awful and delicious. But what I found was about day 16, it was hard for me to watch that show. Because it was hard for me to like brace myself against the ugliness I knew people might say to each other, all in the quest to win. Now, I loved watching that show before, and I haven't tried to watch it again recently. I think I could watch it again, but watch it differently. But at that time, when I was totally trying to withdraw from negative thoughts and abusive behavior, it was too much for me. But what I found was it's not like, oh, I couldn't have any entertainment at all. I just picked stuff that was different. I started watching different shows where the people weren't intending to be mean. I spent a lot of time watching The Good Place, where people wrestle with how they should treat others, because I was learning lessons about how I should treat myself. So here are seven ways that you can get out of an abusive relationship with yourself. Earlier, I promised you that it's possible to reprogram your brain And with commitment to a new thought process, it can happen. So here's how you do it. Step one, catch yourself in the act of being mean to yourself. Don't wait until later. Don't like hear yourself saying something awful to yourself and make a mental note that one day you're going to give yourself a good talking to about how you talk to yourself. Take note at the moment that it's happening. For some of us, living with verbal, emotional, and even physical abuse may have been the norm. So self-criticisms and thoughts that are put-downs might not even get noticed. Try keeping a thought journal to help you identify abusive thoughts that you speak to yourself and how often you have them. Next, convert the negative thoughts into positive thoughts. I've talked about that before. I'll have to find the podcast episode and include it in the show notes where we talk more about reframing. But once you know what these negative thoughts are that come to your mind often, you can do something about changing these thoughts into more positive or constructive thoughts. For instance, if you say to yourself, you are so ugly, 
I hope none of you say that. Let me just stop right there. I hope none of you say to yourself, you are so ugly. Whew, that hurt my heart to even say out loud. I wrote it, but I still didn't like saying it. <laughs> so, whew, I'll power through. For instance, if you say to yourself, you're so ugly, instead say, you are uniquely beautiful. Okay. Three, give yourself the kindness and compassion you show others. Kindness directed first and foremost at yourself not only helps you feel better about yourself, but it makes you more likely to be kind and compassionate towards others. We give out what we have inside. Step four is make self-care a habit. This may mean taking a long bath or walk in nature or making sure you eat great food. It could also mean doing yoga, listening to music, or meditating. Self-care is the opposite of self-abuse. Now, some of you are going to be stunned to hear me tell you step five. But the fifth way (laughs) you can get out of an abusive relationship with yourself is to exercise. Regular exercise is healthy and it makes you feel good. Your body releases feel-good endorphins when you exercise. I know exercise may not be your favorite thing. It isn't mine either. I hate sweating and I hate it when it makes my hair puff up. But chocolate and cheese do not have the same healthy effect on your body and mind. So I suck it up and I exercise because it's a signal to myself that I matter. The sixth way is to work with a coach to develop a plan to move toward what you want most. Getting outside help is often the most efficient way to grow as a person and achieve gains in improving your self-esteem. Finally, connect with supportive and positive friends and family. It's important to be in a supportive environment if you're working on changing behavior. And it's hard to do that if you're isolating yourself at home. Now, I'm not saying to go out amongst anyone. Avoid abusive people like flu germs, but surround yourself with those who can support you in feeling good about yourself and developing your potential. Learning to love yourself and participate in self-care is the opposite of abusing yourself. And these are skills that can be strengthened in order for you to live a happy, healthy, and fulfilling life. You may not have known it before, but you have every reason to start living a life filled with positive thoughts and emotions and building positive beliefs and experiences. You are ultimately in control of what you believe. Now, since these are beliefs we're talking about and not absolute truths, why not choose to believe in something that makes you feel good about yourself? The process of getting out of an abusive relationship is going to take time. Don't rush it. You need to reinforce positive messages within yourself and do it frequently and over a period of time. Eventually, the positive thoughts will take over and push the negative ones out, or at least make them way less frequent. Don't get discouraged if you revert to your old ways when you're trying to make these changes. These habits are going to take time to break. Habits can be changed with effort on your part, so keep an open mind and know that better days are coming, and don't be afraid of the changes. If you want help figuring out how you can get out of an abusive relationship with yourself, visit talkwithallegra.com and schedule a 15-minute session to see how we might be able to work together. Again, that URL is talkwithallegra.com. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time.